we're all good. I think we're all dressed and ready for the event, which is to come. Uh, how's everyone doing? Doing great. I'm doing yeah. good. All right. Good, 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 good. Well, we're going to we're gonna jump right into it here. Uh, how's everything on your end, Jesse? The fuck was that? Hello. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh. Ah. ah. That is not what it that sounded like. Sounded like. No. <laughs> I was like, how you doing, Jesse? Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like Steven had a guest. I'll have what he's having. <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called Stab. Oh my God, welcome to Stab, everyone. I could hear your claps, your jeers. Uh, everything. Thank you guys for coming and watching Stab. Uh, we're, we're located. It doesn't even matter. But uh, mm-hmm. where we at 1710 Broadway, it's a wasteland out there. I don't recommend going outside. Uh, just stay home. Watch the show here. We're here every Friday. This specific show, every Friday, 9 o'clock. So tune in to us. Uh, but also Stab is doing a ton of other uh, programming as well. So tune into that. Uh, let's meet our contestants. Uh, right there, we got Corey Berenger. Corey Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Uh, Steve Ferris. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, blow your horn, Steve. If any, if any time we're here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very good. And uh, Jesse sexy Jones. Not as the first time. <laughs> Not nearly. No. very sexy. Jesse Jones. Uh, I'm your host, John Morris Ross IV. Uh, welcome to Welcome to Stab. It's fading out. Oh, very nice. That felt real good. Uh, hey, everyone. Hey, John. How's it going? So I'm not looking at the screen. Who's sitting closest next to me, Jesse? Oh, that would be Corey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I could feel it. I felt it. Uh, Corey, what have you been up to? What's going on? Uh, I've been uh, reading a bunch of Stephen King books and watching Frankenstein movies. <laughs> And uh, playing my uh, my Switch Game Boy. Okay. Um, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun in quarantine. Just, just living, living my best life. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I am doing none of that. I just uh, uh, masturbate a lot. I um, that's okay though. Stephen King books. Um, uh, Stephen, what do you what do you, what have you been wanting to do in uh, in quarantine? What have I been wanting to do? Yeah, what do you want to do in quarantine? That's what I was getting at. I was stealing yeah. your line. Yeah. That I can't. You got that. Things that I want to do that I haven't done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, that that question. Um, You're talking to Stephen like the question was clear in the first place. Yeah, I got it. He's using Stephen's brand against him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Finally. What do you want to do, Stephen? Uh, I don't know. I, I, um, now you know how the audience feels. (laughs) (laughs) 
You do look you look like a military dad, Steve. That green. I I tried to go to Home Depot one day and the line was really long, so I gave up and then uh, Yeah. Uh I don't know. It'd be nice to get out and see you guys and Yeah, that would be nice. I agree. Well, way to make it sincere. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for coming, Steve. Uh, Jesse Jones, are you a grandpa yet? Are your questions going to make less and less sense as the show goes along? Yeah, yeah, it's a comedy <laughs> show. That's what, just trying, trying some comedy. I don't know. That's not how comedy works, though. I don't. Have you been dull way so long know. that you don't? <laughs> just non sequiturs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different brands, I guess. Well, uh, <laughs> hey Jesse, how hey. are you? <laughs> oh, I understood that collection of words. I'm all right. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Uh, I'm glad. Thank you for being here. Thank you all the time. Thank you for always being there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean what? that in more ways than one. <laughs> what else would um, I do? Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You never know. Anyway, uh, see, I got nothing. <laughs> okay, we're gonna. Uh, we're just gonna start the show uh, because I'm tired of this part of it. <laughs> you know. Sure. All right. <laughs> Let's play step. I mean, now I'm trying to noodle through. A, am I a grandpa? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, just misleading the audience that maybe you have a secret son or daughter. I mean, that, if anything, know. the question would be, are you a grandfather yet? And I don't <laughs> well, no, that would just be mean. <laughs> no, well. <laughs> All right. All right. See? I mean, if that's your brand of humor, mean. <laughs> I'll prefer absurd here. All right, um, could we we should start the show? Yeah. I think uh, uh, this first segment's called reorganization, uh, where I get to admit how shitty I was uh, yesterday. Uh, please take the following acronym: Reimagine. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it represent? Uh, in recognition um, that you all have it. In recognition that you all have haven't been given the standard minimum twenty four hours to prepare and write for these prompts. Uh, you received the prompts today. A little bit afternoon. Uh, today's acronym is LATE. L-A-T-E. We'll start with you, Corey Berenger. Uh, what does LATE mean to you? So we at the network feel it's time for some bold and fresh new ideas in our fall lineup. Something to really challenge our viewers and make them go, wow, can they do that? And the answer is, you bet your freaking A we can. Of course, the best way to challenge an audience is to give them precisely what they ask for. So we're going to reboot a beloved franchise. Our target demo for this project grew up with a Saturday morning classic, League of Adequate Teens, the epic saga of superpowered pubescence that only ever accomplished the bare minimum of crime fighting that was expected of them before uttering their signature catchphrase, um, okay, can we go now? <laughs> now far be it from us to tamper with perfection, but we all put on our thinking caps and imagine what if they were more than adequate? What started as a tiny seed of a brilliant idea sprouted into this network's newest money tree we like to call League of Adequate Teens Extreme. <laughs> They're just as sufficient as the original team, but this time they have, you guessed it, rollerblades. I know I could stop right there because wow, but I won't since I didn't even get to the best part yet. We made one of them gay, and her parents are like totally fine with it. It's groundbreaking stuff. Uh, hello, GLAD Award? Yeah, make it out to this show, please. And if that's not enough, 
We have white male feminist Joss Whedon attached to direct. Frankly, this show sells itself. Unfortunately, it does not buy itself, but that's where you come in. Please buy this show. Thank you. <laughs> Very good, Corey Berenger. Uh, Stephen Ferris, what does late mean to you? Okay, well, um, to me, late means this thing called uh, <clears throat> the Los Angeles Transit Entertainment. Okay. All right. And uh, basically, it's like a um, an entertainment company that provides entertainment for people who are riding any type of public transit in Los Angeles, you know, be it buses or light rail trains or like, uh, what are the ones they have down there? I think there's a, there a Metro, I think is Chicago, but they have some other ones. Well, got Metro in LA, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they have some other ones in LA. So these would just be like entertainers that would go on there and um, they'd have some different slogans. Like the whole, the idea is like, they don't want people to, um, you know, cause you know, these things aren't always on time, like the prompts. And so they want to like appease the writers by distracting them with entertainment. So it's like, you're late, but you know, you got to see or hear something. So you could have a slogan, like, uh, have a good time, even if you're not on time. Just like one slogan that I came mm -hmm. up with. And, uh, you know, you'd have pretty much everything on here. Uh, singers, dancers, comedians. Um, on the trains, you know, the wine train, like mystery things. The murder mysteries are really big, so you could have that. On the, just on a light rail train, you could have a murder mystery. And uh, just like plays, Shakespeare maybe. Uh, Stand-up comedy, improv, wrestling, live podcast recordings. Sure. And, uh, you know, the whole thing, it would just be to reduce uh, or improve the customer experience and probably reduce crime, too, because, like, how are you going to – I guess if there was, like, a murder mystery, maybe somebody might, like, actually murder somebody – because they think that people aren't paying attention hmm. to the act, the real murder. Mm -hmm. But I think it would reduce crime. So. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks a lot. The Los Angeles Transit Entertainment. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Jesse Jones, what does late mean to you? What up, bros? Welcome back to the Shark Napkins YouTube channel. Before we get to fucking shit up, how about you nut tap the like and subscribe buttons like some unsuspecting fucker upper, then we can get to getting the some shit fucked. I don't know, I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> it's your boy Dizzle Taint, and that shaggy cunt over there is Chief McQueef, and it's time for the shark napkins to clue you jizz stains into another hell of fun annoyance campaign we just launched that even a ball scratcher like you popped cum bubbles can join in. You ever see those hiking dorks and their fucking walking sticks and non-purposefully pain-based camaraderie and shit? Boo. 
Well, they're all about making sure they're taking care of nature and shit and don't fuck up the environment for whatever. Well, Shark Napkin Nation, we think it's time we say late to leave no trace and start leaving a trace everywhere. So, go for a walk and litter the fuck out of some shit. Get some Sharpies and draw dicks on like every tree you see. Jerk off on an owl. Whatever, bro. Just make sure the fucking world knows you were there and that it knows who the boss is of it. Humanity. Rub your ball sack on a sea turtle. Stuff a bunch of pine cones in a plastic bag. Then throw that bag at a wolf. Send your dirty undies floating down some bullshit stream. One at a time, each in its own fucking styrofoam to go box speedboats. Dutch oven a gopher hole. Whatever your fucking heart desires. And however you're going to let the planet know that you existed, bro. So send us links to your videos of you chucking empty buzz balls at an otter. Or shitting in a pizza box and throwing it at nature. Whatever, bro. We'll feature it in our next Shark Napkins Idiot Fuck Nuts Fan Salute. And send you a pickle jar full of Chief McQueef's farts. So don't forget to leave a trace everywhere. And we'll, sme <laughs> we'll smear you later, Shark Napkins. Very good. <laughs> oh, that was reorganization. Uh, and that brings us to our next segment. Uh, the topical haiku challenge. Uh, everyone on stage, please have composed three haiku in regard to the following topical headline, really. Uh, headline. Police say uh, man agreed to pay prostitute with a hamburger. Uh, we'll start with you, Corey. What's your first of three haiku? Libertarian. Free market economy. Supply and demand. <laughs> Very good. Steve. Okay. <clears throat> Hamburger for her. Prostitute service for him. It was a fair trade. <laughs> Jesse Jones. Your first is titled The Transaction. I leave the drive-thru. Flasher what's in the bag. Then I quarter pounder. <laughs> there we go. Now we hear it. Corey, you're second. Slightly off topic, but what I want to know is what kind of burger? <laughs> you good? Stephen Ferris? Yo, I just got my dick sucked for a dollar, yo. Dollar menu, ho. Very good. Uh, Jesse, your second of three. Second one's titled Happy Meal. Shows me her play place. I take my shoes off and slide into her ball pit. All right. <laughs> Corey, your third of three. We talking Wendy's? Because fresh never frozen is kind of my kink. <laughs> Steve Ferris? I love having sex. <laughs> I love eating hamburgers. But I hate money. <laughs> Very good. Jesse Jones. <laughs> Last one's titled Burglarized. We chuckle when I ask her to robble robble. My noble noble. 
All right. And that was the topical haiku challenge. It was way too loud. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us to our third segment of the evening called This Was Today Once. Uh, Corey, on this date, 1541, Hernando de Soto uh, stops near the present day Walls, Mississippi, as he sees the Mississippi River, then known by the Spanish as Rio de Espiritu Santo, the name given to it by Alf- <clears throat> Alonso Alvarez. Pineda in 1519. Uh, also on this very date, 1980, the World Health Organization confirms the eradication of smallpox. How'd you choose to celebrate these two events all mixed up? Hope you're ready for some rebellion, John, because I didn't celebrate <laughs> shit. And why should I? Oh, because Hernando saw a river? Wow, John, pretty cool. Psych, <laughs> it's not. I see a river every day because I happen to live near one. Sorry to brag, but I am river wealthy and unashamed. I did, however, get so worked up over this Hernando nonsense that I eradicated a six-pack of Angry Orchard ciders. So that was kind of on topic, not to mention totally badass. Unfortunately, ever since an undetermined alcohol allergy developed in my early 20s, I broke out in some blotchy red marks all over my face and my neck and my arms, so it was sort of like smallpox. But let's be clear about this. I do not blame myself or the Angry Orchard Cider Company. I blame Hernando. Thank you. <laughs> very good, Corey. Very good. Thank you very much. Steve Ferris, on this date, 1842, a train derails and catches fire in Paris, killing between 52 and 200 people. Uh, also on this very date, 2011, a near riot breaks out at the Beijing Apple Store as the Apple iPad 2 goes on sale in the People's Republic of China. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Okay, well, I thought a lot about the dead. Uh, I loaded up an app on my iPad that lets you uh, light candles. So I did between 52 and 200 candles on the app. It was a little bit easier to do on the iPad than on a phone because um, it's got a bigger screen so you can fit more candles right and uh i don't know man it's like trains i like trains a lot like trains are cool and stuff but it's like you know it's it's still dangerous today and it was dangerous back then it's like is it worth it you know to ride the train just to get somewhere slightly faster like but you know, the more I thought about it, it's like maybe it was, you know, it was maybe like maybe um, they, you know, they they could get to a resource or something on the train that would keep them from from dying. So it's like they would have died anyway, but at least on the train they had a chance. Maybe. Right. What I was thinking with that, and uh, <laughs> and uh, to tie it in, I don't know. Like, I guess, yeah, I don't know if the first iPad came out in China or not. And then, like, maybe the two was the first one they got. <laughs> maybe that's why they were like so crazy. But then also, I was thinking like we 
know somebody from China whose name is Tu, and like, if that's a common name over there, then maybe like people were like, oh, the iPad Two, like this one is for me. And so, like maybe the whole riot was just like all like Chinese people named Two, who thought meant for them, and. Mm. But they were just confused, or maybe they weren't confused. It was just like they knew that it wasn't designed for them. But they they liked how the two sounded like their name, and so they wanted it. Right.、Um, I feel like I you should cut this off. <laughs> <laughs> right.、Um, go ahead, Steve. It doesn't get any more racist than that. All right. Um. Then I was thinking about how we've had like some more recent train accidents, where the engineers of the trains were actually using.、Um, I don't know if they were using iPad twos, but I don't know. I was just trying to tie it together like one other way. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, that you try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty much the extent of my celebrations. Very good, Steve. Thank you very much. Sure. Moving on to Jesse Jones.、Oh. Uh, Jesse, on this date, eighteen eighty-six, pharmacist John Pemberton first sells the carbonated beverage named Coca-Cola、mm-hmm. um, as a patent medicine.、Uh, also on this very date, nineteen ninety-three, sixteen-year-old Karan Thomas disguises himself as a motorman. And takes a New York City subway train and two thousand passengers on a three-hour ride.、Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, sometimes you gotta fake it before you make it. You've heard that, and it applies as much to cocaine-laced fizzy drinks as it does to underage train conducting. It all boils down to confidence. If you're gonna sell someone a nose candy soda and call it medicinal, you gotta have a certain level of confidence. If you're gonna just strut into the, let's call it cockpit, of a subterranean people mover, you can't wait to just let life approve of your decision. Sometimes you have to just take thousands of people's lives in your own hands and tell common sense to catch up with you at the next stop. Today I screamed into an empty soda can. All of the most extreme buzzwords my youth of watching MTV poured into my subconscious. Chased it with some carbonated tap water from my soda stream. Wished it electro buzz shockberry flavor, and bit the fucking can closed. Then I ki- climbed into a light rail train and just knocked on the door of the little conductor booth repeatedly, telling the unhappy trolley bus driver inside that I wanted to do some rails. <clears throat> I didn't realize until after I'd screamed it at the door five or six times how I'd accidentally connected the dots between coke and train travel. But you can bet your elbow wrinkles that after I noticed my hella sick accidental play on words, I high five myself so hard that I finally understood why I just randomly heard a clap of thunder on that clear blue sky day in my math class back in the sixth grade. It was because that specific self high five actually traveled back through time to give thirteen year old me a future thumbs up. Anyway, um. Turns out the RT cops really frown upon anyone other than licensed choo-choo drivers demanding to do rails on the train. So I just went back home and checked 
develop another impossible beverage off my dream journal to do it <laughs> to do it to it listogram i knew i was never going to get that right uh, <laughs> and deciding i decided riding the rails is for drug jerk losers just say no freeze frame guitar riff you just got psa'd <laughs> very good that was this was today once all right that brings us to our fourth segment uh called board gamer it's the first time we're doing this one yeah uh really it's just a repurposed uh prompt from before uh well Please tell us what this board game is, who it's for, and how it's played. Uh, Corey, the name of your board game is called Goose Handles. Goose Handles. What's Goose Handles? Okay, so I'll explain this through the new uh, game's jingle. Okay. What's the coolest thing since socks and sandals? Goose Handles. What you gonna wish when you're blowing out your candles? Goose handles. It's a board game you won't understand until you try it. It doesn't bear explaining, so just beg your folks to buy it. What's a better game than Monopoly or Scrabble? Goose handles. I know that didn't rhyme, but let's not make it a scandal. Goose handles. It's the latest craze that you're gonna wanna conquer. All you need's a goose, and you grab them by the hunker. So run and tell your parents it's the game you demandles. Goose handles. Goose sold separately. Very good, Corey Berenger. Goose handles. Good job. Uh, Stephen Ferris, the name of your board game is called Chew the House. Chew mm -hmm. the House. What is it? Well, uh, originally it was going to be a game where uh, teething children could chew on scale models of houses to keep them uh, from chewing on real houses. But I changed it uh, at the last minute. It's now, it's now a board game, <clears throat> just a regular square uh, board game, you know, some kind of cardboard or something like that. And you, you get, uh, everybody gets a, a piece, you know, a character to move spaces on the board game. And those pieces are different colored uh, plastic bottle caps, like from a soda, like a Coke or 7-Up or Pepsi or something like that. And the places on the board are um, different brands of chewing tobacco. And it, it comes with empty Coke and 7-Up and Pepsi bottles uh, that, um, you know, the game is intended for people who chew tobacco and they... They spit into the bottles, um, and then, um, you know, there's a dice that you roll and you move places on the board. But some of the spaces on the board are actually a house symbol. So it's not a brand of chewing tobacco. It's just a house. And, um, you know, so it also comes with chewing tobacco from all these different brands. If you land on one of the brands, then you're going to chew the tobacco from that brand until your next turn. If you land on the house, mm -hmm. that means that you take all of the um, the spit in the bottles and you pour those into a thing in the middle called the house. <laughs> and, and then you have to um, 
chew that. Mm -hmm. mm. So <laughs> very good. Chew the house. Yeah. <laughs> very good, Steve. Jesse Jones, the name of yep. your board game is called Damp Vanish Cactus. Damp Vanish Cactus. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Damp Vanish Cactus was a popular board game in the early 1850s, developed by pioneers traversing the American West on their way to making new lives for themselves in the gold-dripping shores of the Pacific. First board games, um, or the first game boards, included crudely lined paths winding across the Midwest territories. Player tokens were mostly different types of rocks found along the way. And gameplay included several hand-scribbled event cards outlining some pretty racially insensitive negative and positive interactions with various indigenous tribes along the way. Um, concept was pretty simplistic and involved players trying to destroy all the cactus blocking their paths, and preventing them from reaching California. The only real gameplay mechanic was derived from the people's misunderstanding of what cacti were and their mistaken assumption that a plant that grows where there isn't water must die if you get it wet. So you spend most of the game collecting water tokens to use on cactus to get them wet and make them shrivel up and disappear. It's just the description of the game. <laughs> Um, interesting fun fact, uh, Damp Vanish Cactus eventually morphed over the years into what we now know as Hungry Hungry Hippos. <laughs> Very, good. Very good. That was uh, Board Gamer. And uh, I want a goose handles. <laughs> There's it. Uh, this last segment is called uh, Movie Makeup. Gentlemen, please have composed a synopsis based on the following made-up movie titles. Corey, the name of your movie is called Uptight Volcano. Go ahead and tell He's me. He's a this. volcano that's stuck in his ways. She's an earthquake that loves to shake things up. They aren't compatible or sentient. It'll never work. Or could it? Uptight Volcano is a breathtaking marriage of the romantic comedy genre and stock footage of natural disasters. <laughs> specifically volcanoes and earthquakes. This summer, see the film critics call a confusing premise that never becomes clear. And <laughs> why was this a live action feature? It should have been an animated short, right? Featuring the voice of Jennifer Aniston as the earthquake and the guy from the British office as the volcano with a special appearance by Queen Latifah as the devil. Rated R for graphic nudity. <laughs> Very good, Corey. It's Queen Latifah's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Stephen, uh, the name of your movie is called Big Cattle Letters. Big Cattle Letters. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a kind of a investigative thriller, kind of like all the president's men. We have like two investigators or journalists um, who stumble across this trove of of old letters going way, way back to the beginning of uh, the meat industry in America. And, <clears throat> you know, they think they found something that will reveal, you know, all these conspiracies and things like that of the meat industry trying to build itself up and become this, you know, giant thing that we have today. But, <clears throat> 
what they find is that even though a lot of these letters are um, from, you know, you know, big shots in the meat industry to politicians and lobbyists and things like that, that the content of the letters is actually romantic in nature. And so then, then they're kind of thrown off or like, what, you know, what's going on with these romantic relationships between these people. And, uh, but then eventually what they find out is that the romantic letters were actually coded um, and actually are business related, even though they read as romantic at first glance. Well, very good, Stephen. I can't wait to see it. Very, very good. So many layers there. Yeah. I don't want to hear one. All right. Uh, I know, but I didn't, I didn't have time to write one. I would have been fun. No worries. Right. I know. I know. You had push-ups to do. <laughs> I, I don't know if you do push-ups. Your shoulders say well, so. Jesse. He clearly does push-ups. Yeah. Right. Clearly. Well, I, I didn't do He's any. in the military. <laughs> <laughs> he was busy Jesse just, Jones. just make, making and remaking his eight. bed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, the name of your yep. movie is called Hate Cherries. Hate Cherries. Hate Cherries. There are few things out there which love unconditionally, which see nothing but the best in everything and everyone around them. They are pure, good, and wholesome. And we're here to fuck up their worldviews forever! Hey, Spooge Crust, it's the Dizzle Taint and Chief McQueef again, and welcome back to the Shark Napkin <laughs> Dynasty. Before we get to ruining something beautiful to fill the emptiness inside which we can't explain, drop your sacks on those like and subscribe buttons and send us the fucking tribute pics. It's the only way I can nut anymore. Last week we sent out the Hate Cherries Challenge and you fucking animals answered the call with a level of psychotic, reckless, blind devotion that makes me wish I could still legally fart a blue Raz Blaster sweet tart cloud of jewel smoke into a preschool in all y'all's fucking honor. For those of you short, short snail trails who missed it, the Hate Cherries Challenge was simple as fuck. Go out and find something pure, innocent, and truly good and teach it how to hate something for the first time. And you whippet-crazed maniacs pop some serious hate cherries this week. I just wish my dad would look me in the eye. Some heartless piece of shit told a tree full of butterflies about the international soccer wage gap. Couple hotel mattress stains shouted poorly thought-out conspiracy theories into the face of a newborn puppy. And one shot glass full of diarrhea went out and explained the perversion of representative government to a plate full of fettuccine Alfredo! These heartless fucks really popped some hate cherries. So keep up the absolutely loathsome work, you gunk-pumping sociopaths, and we'll keep monetizing our attempt to prove the universe wrong, and that we will be remembered, and that any of this will have mattered. So fuck off till next time from Shark Napkins. Yes, Chief McQueef and I named this group 
after the very instant the male role models in our lives lost their last shred of respect for us. You're our family now. Shut down, Well, everyone, Scab is over. Uh, one more time for all the contestants tonight. Corey Berenger. Thank you. Yes, yes. I like how I pause as if the uh, audience. I'm applauding. Uh, Steve Ferris. And Jesse Jones. If you'd like to hear more stabs, uh, go to one of our many online outlets. Go to Spotify. Go to YouTube. Go to Twitch. Go wherever you want. Uh, and you just call out Stab's name. We'll show up. I'm your host, John Moore Swastik. Thank you very much. Woo. Oh, yeah. shit. Good stuff, everybody. Fun show. Fun show. Good stuff. Yeah.